This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going Excellent, Doc. Uh, another week, another podcast. We're building up to that uh, century. Uh, 100 is coming up. I think, where are we now? I've lost track of the numbers, but it's getting close. I'm a nervous night anyway. Don't look at the scoreboard, Gordon. That's the challenge of this sort of thing. Just keep on batting. And, uh, and when you hear the applause, it will either be me being out or, or you got to 100. <laughs> so, um, well, we're getting there one way or the other. That's fantastic. So I'm just also going to apologize in advance. We, we're... We're Zooming, and I've got my Niner-side uh, team in various places around the house. There's something, as far as I can discern, of a Lego war going on. So if there's any screaming and shouting and throwing of things in the background, it's not me who's uh, unhappy with the answers to questions. Uh, there's something else going on. <laughs> you excuse you, Gordon. Um, Gordon, straight into it. Uh, welcome to our guests. Um, Two people from, from the ad world today, um, Aileen Salman, Managing Director at Duke Group, and Sohana Gordon, uh, the ECD at, at Duke. So, ladies, welcome. Thanks very much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Thank guys. you. And we don't have Lego in the background, but we do have crazy seagulls. <laughs> so, that's well, true. Just true. Don't hang up. Down. <laughs> Don't hang out the window with your with your lunch food because you know what will happen. Those seagulls will take it. Nasty little creatures. <laughs> you should see our cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the challenge, I guess. Uh, but uh, Aileen, straight into it. Uh, you've been uh, just a short of a year now as the managing director at Duke. Uh, Please tell us about that year. I mean, I know it's, it's obviously a challenging one for all of us. But I mean, you, you know, looking at the group and in preparation for the podcast, 
Jeez, it's comprehensive. You've got so many things under one umbrella, you know, ranging from what I would call a traditional ad house all the way through to sponsorship. It looks like there's media inside and, of course, production. So please take us through through your year as, as managing director, Duke. Yeah, well, look, I think from a personal level, it's uh, it's definitely been one of the best years of my career and hands down the most challenging. Working within an environment post-COVID, I think we're all feeling the strain. It doesn't really matter whether it's the ad industry or otherwise. It's an enormously challenging business environment. But look, I enjoy being pushed out of my comfort zone. I've been like that uh, since I was a young child probably raised in, in a family where it was encouraged and we were often marched out onto a stage to do things that we really didn't want to do as kids. Um, so I have, I suppose, always uh, tended to run towards the fire. So from that point of view, this, this has been uh, a fantastic year, uh, both career-wise and personal. But for Duke specifically, at the end of last year, you know, we were in a good space. We were six years old, just turned seven and the, the, the group was found on the premise of Duke as the um, ad agency and then Mark One and Positive Dialogue had joined us uh, in the previous year, both from a digital media and a PR perspective. Subsequent to that, at the beginning of this year, we set ourselves a very audacious goal to expand the offering of the group. And since then, since January, when Sue and I sat down with um, Wayne, our, our group CEO, and we decided what we wanted to do with the group, which was create a full end-to-end -end solution. We have since established four other businesses within the group off the back of the success of Duke as a brand. Uh, those being Nude, you'll notice by the way, uh, um, a bit of a pattern in the name of the, the various agencies. It's one word, all caps. So it's quite, a, it's, it's quite a pattern. But we've since established Duke, which is an insights, or sorry, Nude, which is an insights agency. Fame, which is enormously exciting. It's a 50-50 partnership between Duke Group and PhD. Uh, it's a media strategy uh, and planning agency. Allows us to offer our clients PhD tools, but through the filter um, of the Duke offering. Champ, which is a sponsorship agency, um, everything from sports sponsorships through to any touch point between a brand and its consumers. And then one that Sue and I are particularly excited about and heavily involved with is Duchess, which is an end-to-end, all-female, 100% level one BEE organization, which since its establishment six months ago has empowered and employed up to 50 females, often on a freelance basis, to deliver very superior quality uh, production. So basically the group has gone from ourselves just as a standalone Duke brand to joining forces with Mark One and Positive Dialogue to now being a robust offering of seven different um, areas of expertise, which is great. You describe yourselves on your website as a tight collaboration and an integration of, of different disciplines, which in my old speak is, is really what used to be called an ad agency, but obviously it's, it, there are many more layers to the cake now. Um, where, 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 you know, do you go in terms of vertical integration? What, why is this being so successful? And clearly it is um, when, you know, you see someone like Martin Sorrell running out of space uh, when, when you try the same sort of vertical integration on a WPP model. So is it a question of, of scale? Is it a question of 
being within one market that allows you to be independent and to have a joint degree of overlap? Um, I think it's probably quite old school in the way that we've approached it in the sense that integration as a concept has been around for a long time and is enormously outdated. And I think if, as an agency group, if you sit in front of a client and speak about integration, you know, that you just you just lose their interest. What we've done at our end is is gone back to basics and adopted a very senior relationship-based uh, um, approach where we sit with clients, usually C-suite clients at the initial outset of the, of the relationship, discuss the business, clear business issues that need to be solved, and then allow clients access to all of this expertise behind the scenes, but without them feeling the layers. Because I think often the mistake that, that agencies make is they bring 10 people into the room and they're like, oh, this is so-and-so from X agency. This is so-and-so from our research division. Rather than just walking in with a solution and almost protecting clients from all the behind-the-scenes complications, clients don't care where you get the expertise from. They just want the solution that has, has all the different parts uh, plugged into it. So I think that's probably where yeah, and if, if I might add, I think the, the integration model in where, you, where you're a lead agency and you're working with outside partners from other agencies competing for the client's budget and attention is quite, is, is not impossible to get right, but it's quite um, onerous. And, it's, and I think the, the benefit of having all these partner agencies within one roof is that we are already a cohesive force. So when we, when we offer ourselves up as an integrated um, group to a client, a lot of that is already taken care of in that we get on with each other. There yes. is a, yeah. there's a competition, but it's a healthy competition. And it's all, you know, so I think that's the one benefit that I've really enjoyed is that Absolutely. you're already starting on a foot where you know each other and you understand how each other works. Yeah, I think absolutely, see, And I mean, you know, again, you know, just, you know, looking at, at the various agencies that I've worked with through the years, sometimes they're absolutely right. You know, you, you almost people get boxed in and quite proudly so to show you that they're slightly different, but synergistic and they're going to add great value. And don't worry about the yeah. differences, but the synergy is going to up. And, and, and at the end of the day, as a client, I just, I've paid good money. I just want a solution that you guys promised me how you do it how long you work, where you work, it doesn't matter. And I think so that's part of the challenge, I guess, you know, um, as we move along. And I mean, you know, I mean, just one of, I mean, we may as well get straight into, into one of the big changes of late the last few weeks. Uh, Sue, you would have seen one of your older agencies, uh, King James, brought up by Accenture Interactive. We actually had Hayden Townsend on the show a few weeks back chatting about that. Not only that, but a whole lot of other stuff. What's your take on that? I mean, uh, you know, that whole, Gordon made the point of vert vertical integration. A consulting house into ad space? I think it was such big news for the whole industry. And I haven't met anybody who responded to that news negatively, including us. We find it mm. hugely inspiring. Um, I, I think that we've all been talking about broken agency models for years and years. And, and certainly at Duke, we're trying to change some of that. But I think King James, I think that's one of the responses is, is in this partnership was a response to how to, to look at changing the industry model. And I mean, we're all speaking about transforming business, about providing brand experiences that are no longer just, you know, one-sided kind of big TV ad. So partnering with Accenture, who's like everything to do with big data, I think is such a smart move. 
Um, and I think that, like, just personally having been approached by Accenture many years ago, like, I think what they were trying to do for a few years is reach out to creatives within agencies to pull them into Accenture, which I think is was possibly not working. And this idea of partnering with a creative powerhouse like King James, who's well-established, highly accomplished, and you know, great creative minds is a, is a, is a fantastic move. And, and I also think a lot has to do with Droga5 setting that tone, um, being one of the best agencies in the world. So King James is definitely on the right path. I think yeah. it's exciting and we're all watching closely. Yeah, it really certainly was an exciting development. That that's for sure. It really uh, the whole Dogger Five thing is fascinating for me. And, and we talked about it as you say a week or two ago, Doc. How Bean, Bean Counters kind of ambushed the creative industry and, and came up with a, a creative formula like this is, is an extraordinary story. I hope somebody writes the, writes the book one day. Um, Amy, just to come back, you made the point about invisible layers or. Or the fusion of the layers, which really resonates because I think that may well be the point of difference. I think if, if we look at other vertical integration attempts, you're almost trying to identify each layer so that you can charge for it. And I think that that becomes problematic and I think ultimately too expensive at the end of the day. But just to come back to your point of empowerment, because again, what I'm quite excited about you, and everyone has their own empowerment uh, agenda. Um, it could be cultural, it could be gender-based, and there's ageism. I'm pleased to see that Steve Miller uh, is part of that team, which you know goes to prove the point that it doesn't matter what your birth certificate says. If the thinking is world-class, then then focus on the thinking. Because, I mean, Steve now must be almost 40 or something by now, I would have thought uh, – uh, and I'm talking. I'm not talking years. I'm talking years in the industry. Um, but I think that that's amazing, and that's quite encouraging um, to uh, to people like myself. So you know, stay on top of your game, and people will recognise your work. But you're certainly in a position with that kind of pedigree to talk marketing to the marketers. And you mentioned C-suite, which is what made me think of it. There's your access to C-suite uh, is have C-suite people sitting in your own offices. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it just opens up the entire relationship. If you can start off on the basis of what keeps these C-suite executives up at night, because often the, the marketing and the brand teams are delivering briefs to clients that I suppose have often come down through a few layers of approvals and perhaps the essence of where the business is going sometimes might be diluted in that process and just to have that direct relationship with a CEO or a COO that you can pick up the phone and bounce a few ideas off Steve is particularly good at that obviously um, it just takes the pressure off um, yeah off the relationship and allows you and I to do what we need to do which is is create amazing amazing work yeah and I mean just to continue on your point of having um, like the industry is notorious you know when it comes to ageism and I think it's a scary part of our industry, but I look to someone like Steve as such a valuable person in the room. Um, he generally answers all the hardest questions. <laughs> and, and I think it's natural to him because he has such a wealth of experience. Um, and, you know, recently I just judged the Lurie's film category and our uh, jury president was Rob McLennan, also somebody with, you know, gray hair that I look up to. And I think that that is something that our industry has missed because this space for all parts is 
like lovely, fresh, young talent, and then the people who have been through it all. And and I think someone like Steve is amazing because he's he straddles the world of old and new, and he'll often tease us about like not knowing about technology, and yet he knows a lot. And he's on TikTok, and we're like, I mean, what? Yeah. So, so I think you you are as relevant as you want to be, and um, in this space for everybody, if you if, if people are open to that, and I think certainly at Duke we are. So definitely. Yeah. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. We've certainly made that point, you know, through our podcast in terms of, of continual learning. And, you know, it's not that cliche of lifelong learning. And I mean, I mean genuinely staying up to, 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 to uh, you know, to the trends. And absolutely, you know, uh, Gordon and I have interviewed a host of different people over the last two years. Uh, and part of that theme is if you, you know, it's that saying in sport, I guess, when a very young person makes a top team, they say that, you know, he's too young or she's too young. And the thing is, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Now, the opposite, of course, in terms of ageism, you know, if you're good enough, you're young enough. Uh, and, and I think that's the, the, the sort of agility of, of thinking and, and mind space. So, yeah, good. I mean, great to you guys. And and um, and just talking, uh, Sue, last time you and I saw uh, each other was a while ago. I think it was a can, not not the Lurie's. Uh, and uh, there was an FCB, the, the days when we could still travel and we could sit on the marina in Cannes and uh, <laughs> sip champagne whilst you creatives are doing fancy backdrops. Uh, and, now, and now you're just over a year uh, at, at Duke. How's the journey been? You enjoyed it? It's been absolutely incredible. It was a tough decision to make. I mean, FCB has, you know, it's my alma mater. It was like a university for me. And I absolutely enjoyed my five years there. I learned a lot. My exposure to the global network was incredible. Um, I mean, having access to Susan Cradle was just absolutely amazing. And people like Fred Leveron. So it was a great learning and, and I mean, really big credit to FCB for believing so much in transformation and, you know, promoting female leaders. But I think that it happens to all creatives at different points in your journey where you reach a, a point where you're going, okay, I've gathered all this, what next? How, am I being challenged enough? Am I growing? What else? And I think the comfort of a big network is is there, you know, the support and the the feeling that everything, everyone's got their, you know, parts to play and being an ECD in that space, I wanted, I was curious to see what it felt like in a, in a space like Duke, where it was independent, where there would be no one above me and I'd have to figure it out for myself. And, and so, so part of the decision was a, a kind of a rebelling against the comfort I had. Um, and the other part was just looking at things I had miss, missing skills in my arsenal of what, what else do I need to understand? I mean, at creatives, we tend to be quite focused on the creative product and you become good at finding out, you know, knowing about creative, identifying good creative, but what about the business side of things? So that was one of the other reasons to look to a place like Duke. And then I'm going I'm to lie and say that Cape Town was a big, you know, was a big draw card for me of, being closer to nature. I mean, I kept finding myself wanting to go away to the mountains and ocean, and this was the the draw card. So, yeah, a crazy thing to decide to move in the middle of a pandemic, but kind of also good. Yeah, in the end. Yeah. So it's been great. It's been a good year so far. A lot of learning, a lot, a lot, a lot, um, and a lot of discomfort, which is 
when you know when you say you want discomfort, you don't really know what you're asking for until you get it. So um, I got it. <laughs> and I'm and I'm happy for it. I think it's good. And um I'm interested to see where we're going to go in the next few years. I I still have a lot of work cut out for me here. Um, but yeah, it's been an excellent yeah. move so far. Speaking about that and your journey, I mean, you know, it's it's long been used as an analogy. The inscription at the at, you know on the plaque at the base of the Statue of Liberty uh, as a metaphor for advertising. Bring me your huddled masses, your what, whatever the words are. You know, we were a kind of a mixed mixed lot. I, I'm intrigued that you describe yourself on on the website as a Hindu who believes there are no sacred cows in advertising, but managed to to win a, a lorry for Nando's chicken. Um, so there's a lot of animals in, in, in your story, obviously, by, by pissing off the client, uh, which is kind of intriguing. So my question for you is, in a woke world where annoying anybody even mildly uh, is the, is a cardinal sin, how do you win luries by pissing off people? And then, Aileen, your, your story is also interesting. I mean, uh, from a background in economic journalism, a spell in media in Tanzania, of all places, and through here. So, I mean, let's start with you, Sue. I mean, you know, my question, how do you, how do you win a lurie uh, by being polite? And, Aileen, just a bit of your background. I just think it's such an interesting journey from economic journalism in, into where you are now. Um, so I do think that the the time at which we were making the Nando's Dictators ad um, where we pissed off Robert Mugabe was a different time in advertising. Um, and I think cancel culture has, you know, taken over our lives and we're all so scared of making mistakes, including our, our marketers, that we are on the side of caution. Um, so it is getting harder and harder to be provocative, to, to say something, to allow a brand to stand for something and to allow a brand to be wrong or right, you know, whatever it is, there's a sort of vanilla safe line that we're all treading. And I was on a call, uh, it was a, it was a Lurie's uh, creative hour with Doug Place from Nando's, uh, Suhail Amada from KFC and, and Pepe Murray. And this was the exact thing we spoke about. And, and one of the responses to this idea of how do you make work in a world like this now where everything's so PC. And, and one of the guys said, well, actually, it is our job as, as advertisers to continue to provoke and continue to be, you know, to make commentary um, and to be brave about it. And, you know, if we don't do that, then, then we all just kind of might as well disappear. So, you know, I think what he did was, was kind of take away that horrible burden of it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to, to communicate. I think when you're wrong in a sense that you're offensive, that's different. But when you're just provoking and asking questions and inviting people to engage over a topic, that's a different thing for me. Um, with Dictators, it was different because Nando's is a brand that was has always pushed the envelope, has always done things to create conversation and always add on the side of the people, what the people are speaking about. So a dictator is someone you are going to want to make fun of. And if, you know, and I think that was allowed because it was, a, it was specific to a time in 2011 when all the dictators were falling. So it didn't come out of context. And I think that's a problem that some brands have today is they might want to be provocative for the sake of being provocative. And that's, that's different to me. Yeah. And Aileen, Tanzania, journalism, and here you are running the agency. I know. I know. Sometimes I, I, I 
also think how the hell did I end up here, but here I am. <laughs> Definitely a very non-traditional route, yeah. So I, I, I left Ireland in, in 2002 for a couple of years of, of adventure, taking on a, an economic journalism role, yes. Um, spent a bit of time in Asia, in Kazakhstan of all places, was my first project, um, amazing country by the way. And subsequently then found myself in Botswana and then eventually in, in Tanzania two years later and fell madly in love with the country and uh, with a very charming South African fella who subsequently en ended up being my husband um, and, and stayed in Tanzania. I, I was on a project there, but my project um, obviously came to an end and, and I, I started in, in the ad industry in, in Tanzania, which was magnificent. And moved down to Johannesburg in, in 2005, again, supposedly for a short stint. And I'm still in South Africa 16 years later, which is very awesome. But spent uh, a bit of time in, at Huntless Gars in Joburg for six years, which is where I completely fell in love with the industry and have since made peace with the fact that I am uh, an ad person through and through. So since, yeah, since 2007, I've been solidly in in South African ad agencies, um, primarily, like I said, in Hunts and Joburg, and then moved down to Cape Town in 2013, and have been everything from a suit or an early writer in the very early days uh, in the industry, and, and subsequently a suit, and now started freelancing at Duke three years ago with Wayne, fell madly in love with the, the brand, everything it stood for. Um, and have stayed and then obviously took on the MD role last year. So I do think I've, I've probably grown up a lot of the agency as yeah. well over the last few years. Handsome, charming South African. Doc, that's your cue, I think. Gordon, you've got to get that prescription updated. <laughs> you know, obviously talking around... See, I just want to make one point. You're talking about how you're learning, how you're growing as a very senior, one of the most recognized ECDs uh, in the country, uh, and yet you're growing. And I think the lesson that Gordon and I have been drawing out of our guests is about, you know, not stopping. And, and I think we made the point earlier. But, I mean, I guess you as a very senior person are also teaching. You know, you, lots of people look to you. It's like, like the teacher at school. They'll never know how often we reference them because they don't care. How often we reference our mentor. You, you've spoken, Aileen, about Hunter Scarus now. You've spoken about your alma mater was the word you used for FCD and 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 and, and that network. And and I think you know. So the interesting thing is sometimes you become the person, the topic of dinner conversations, uh, and it's a responsibility, you know, that that we all have. And I guess you know, certainly as two very senior people, you have that place now. I think you have, I mean, I don't know how you would do this job without having to constantly adapt and learn because I think that's why most of us still stay in it. In, in think, I think that's why I don't think of my, myself as that's when you speak of me like that, I don't see it that way because I still feel like a kid. Yeah. Um, and I think the industry keeps us young. I mean, talking about Steve being on TikTok and knowing what's going on, our creatives keep us real. Like, you don't want to be in a review where someone references something and you don't know it. So learning is not, for me, not always just learning about, you know, theory or, or learning new skills. It's about learning to adapt to the changing ways of culture and, and kind of, I think that that's part of the job and, and maybe that's part of any job really. But um, I certainly have seen, you know, when you've seen people who don't 
grow, who don't, you know, they almost become less inspired and they become cynical. And that's my biggest fear in advertising, because if you're cynical, you might as well check out and do something else. So cynicism is sort of the, the opposite of creativity. And I feel like that's, that's why it's important to keep learning and to keep growing. And, and, you know, when I speak about learning about skills that I'm missing, those are skills that are going to help me to be a better creative as well. And that's kind of why I've it's taken me a long time to realize that, to be honest. But now that I understand it, I go, oh, like the ability to talk to a CEO and, and sell an idea into him is going to benefit everybody. So, so those are, yeah, I keep learning. I'm, I'm never embarrassed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I keep learning. This year's learning has been a lot to do with spreadsheets. <laughs> Not my favorite thing, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. I I mean, you're, getting, you're getting way better at them. <laughs> Keep running color code them, but yes. Aileen, <laughs> <laughs> hey, just um, you know, talking about skills and skills transfer, and I mean, I know you were saying your journey from Ireland across parts of, of Asia and into Africa. I mean, one of the positives out of, out of COVID is this whole ability, and, and we've spoken to quite a few different creative people through the last period of time, the exporting of great skills. And as South Africans, we know we punch above our weight. It's been recognized not just in our work, in our performance, in, in awards, if, if you want to use that measure. I mean, what's your experience with South Africans charging a decent price now and yet a, a foreign client um, still getting a good deal, paying invariably dollars or pounds or whatever, uh, and being able to buy skills from Cape Town, Johannesburg, Bloemfontein? I mean, look, it's obviously an enormous positive for the industry and in that it opens up opportunities and possibilities like you've touched on. But more than that, it, it, it showcases individual South African talent and, you know, allows South Africans to base themselves in a country that they love without having to uproot their lives to progress their careers to the next level. Um, I think with us at Duke, it has also enabled us to, to look beyond the borders of, of South Africa and Africa to... To overseas, um, to overseas briefs, which has been fantastic. We, we worked uh, on an alcohol brand quite recently um, with the guys at AB InBev and, and, and a brief that was sitting in the States and, and we developed some, some ideas here in the office in Cape Town. Very exciting and it's probably the start of a, another um, round of sort of international briefs for us, which is great. On the negative, I suppose, it, it makes freelancing quite an attractive route for South African talent. So then it becomes a challenge for agencies to attract people based in the agency and people that are, are willing to sign up to the agencies on a, on a permanent basis. So it has its pros and cons, but for us, it, it allows us to, to set, set our sights far afield, which, which is always a positive thing. Just uh, on, on the freelancing, it's, it, it occurred to me sort of, as I think about it now, I mean, Congratulations, last year, Medium Agency of the Year. My question is going to be, you say it's wise, or you reference Warren Buffett, it's wise to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So where will your greed take you this year? Um, we're coming in once again to Ad Focus season. But just occurred to me, Ad Focus classification is based on staffing. And I was just wondering whether it's going to be flexible enough to pick up this whole freelancing uh, dynamic in that large agency, medium agency, small agency split and the classifications, that's not going to be an easy one for the judges. But so, you know, plans, where, where do you sit this year? Are you are you back in the medium agency category or is your growth 
taking you still into, into the large space? We are in <laughs> degree still, um, and obviously are, are going for a second successive year, which, which would be an enormous achievement for us. It's one thing to succeed and, and achieve a recognition, but to hold on to that recognition is, is where the, the real winners come, come to play. But yeah, I think it's, look, looking at our team, the majority is, is permanent, but we certainly outsource probably about maybe 10% of our, our staff, our freelancers that come and go, depending on the particular requirements of different briefs. We bring in a lot of creatives that have a particular nuance to their work or particular insights that, that benefit the, the client briefs. But yeah, we are, we are certainly in the medium-sized category still, which, which is... Uh, yeah, which is great. Now it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year. I'd like to see you know how people have navigated. Uh, you know, as you, I think you've, you've referenced again, thriving in tumultuous times uh, is a phrase that springs to mind from from some of your your commentaries. Um, yeah, it'd be just interesting to see who has managed to thrive in tumultuous times. But tumultuous timing, Doc, I think. Kind of bring us to the the precipice at the end of the podcast, which is the attention span of our massively enthusiastic but very busy listeners. <laughs> Absolutely, you can do the wrap. Uh, yeah, thanks, Gordon. Thanks again, Aline. Uh, um, uh, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Just in closing, um, besides the Duke website, uh, are you both on on on? social platforms how can people interact if they want to interact with you ask questions i guess for prospective clients out there that's always a good thing you certainly get hold of duke um how would people get hold of you well we're both on linkedin yeah. um or very easy to reach on literally aileen at duke.co.za or suhana at duke.co.za yep so we keep we keep Emails yeah, we've got no fancy names in our no. social handles. <laughs> <laughs> One word, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> There's no nicknames here. <laughs> what you see is what you get. It shows how old we were when we joined social media. I know, it's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Great. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn's a good place. Mm, LinkedIn's good, yeah. yeah. And, and our emails, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much. And, and again, to our listeners out there, you know, we always say it week in and week out, be part of the conversation. It's no use just hopefully getting something great out of 30, 35 minutes. Uh, it's a lot longer. Reach out, LinkedIn, online, do whatever you need to do uh, and be part of the conversation. Sue, Aileen, thanks very much. We wish you well, certainly not only with the upcoming awards, but, you know, more importantly for me, I guess, in your, in your business going forward. So thanks very much for that. Thank Beautiful. you so much. Thanks, guys. Hope to see you in Cannes again. <laughs> well, we, we certainly hope so. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook. Like us. Follow us. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and then from my side you can get hold of me on LinkedIn Dr. Doug Mataz I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show thanks Doc and it's uh, Gordon Muller the Guru signing off thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today you can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle at Mzanzi Media and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, 
voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.